Welcome to Just One Q. I'm Dr. Melissa Horn, a diversity, equity, and inclusion expert and advocate. In this podcast, I chat with industry experts about the latest scientific trends related to diversity, equity, and inclusion in the workplace. Each week, I ask one burning question tied to current events. Our goal is to leave you with the tools you need to drive change in your own life, both personally and professionally. No doubt your social media feeds and LinkedIn feed is full of content relating to Black History Month. And in the wake of last year's BLM protests, you're probably paying more attention to Black History Month this year than ever before. But how do you honor Black History Month if you're not Black? What happens March 1st? How do we move beyond performative allyship at the personal level and actively engage in anti-racism and equity work that is needed to transform our lives and our workplaces? Now, as some of you might know, I have a PhD in Black history, and my research focused specifically on the history of Black student activism and Black protest in the early 20th century. And because of my background, I often get questions from friends and colleagues who are interested in knowing more about Black history, anti-racism, and the ways that they can be more engaged as allies. So in this episode, we're going to explore the roots of Black History Month, beginning with its origins in the U.S. and its later adoption in Canada. Then we'll look at some of the concrete ways you can personally engage with Black History Month this February and beyond. In 1926, when Carter G. Woodson, a Black historian, first proposed the idea of dedicating a week to celebrating Black history and culture, this was a radical idea. In Jim Crow America, where life was literally separated into Black and white, American history books were absent of any of the achievement of Black Americans. Woodson's call for a celebration of Black history and Black culture was part of a larger movement at the time among Black students and Black scholars to have the achievements of Black Americans included in the teachings in schools and colleges. Woodson originally chose the second week of February to celebrate what was then called Negro History Week because it encompassed the birthdays of Frederick Douglass and Abraham Lincoln. And most Black Americans were already celebrating these birthdays at the time. Now, Negro History Week continued until the mid-1960s, when at the height of the modern civil rights movement, there was a push by activists to extend Negro History Week into a month-long celebration. And in 1976, President Gerald Ford decreed Black History Month to be a national observance. The roots of Black History Month in Canada go back to 1978, when Dr. Daniel G. Hill and Wilson O. Brooks who were the founders of the Ontario Black History Society, presented a position to the City of Toronto to have February proclaimed as Black History Month. Now, in 1993, the Ontario Black History Society filed a petition in Ontario to proclaim February as Black History Month. And then in 1995, the House of Commons officially recognized February as Black History Month in all of Canada after the Honourable Jean Augustine, who was the first Black Canadian woman elected to Parliament, introduced this motion and it was passed unanimously. So that brings us to today. And I would argue that many of us are really just starting to reckon with Canada's history of anti-Black racism. And we're just beginning to come to terms with the fact that Black history is largely absent in Canadian history books. So the first thing we need to do is we need to start doing our homework. This year, I would argue one of the first and most important things you can do to honor the spirit of Black History Month is to learn about the contributions that Black Canadians have made to this country. Outside of history, I would recommend that you consider reading books by Black authors. 
reading literature and books by people with a different perspective than your own can be really impactful in helping to foster greater understanding. Becoming anti-racist is ongoing work. So build your library of anti-racism literature. And here are a few books to get you started. Crystal Fleming's How to Be Less Stupid About Race, Robin DiAngelo's White Fragility, and Ibram X. Kendi, How to Be an Anti-Racist. If we're gonna confront the systems of oppression within this country, we have to understand our history and how race and racism continue to operate in the present day. Many of the inequalities that exist in our workplaces today rest upon this history. And there are amazing speakers like Camille Dundas, whose diversity, equity, and inclusion training situates the current issues of anti-Black racism in the workplace within this historical context. The other way we can celebrate the spirit of Black History Month 365 is for those of us with white privilege to be willing to change, to be willing to see and use our privilege to make changes in our own spheres of influence, in our personal lives and in our workplaces. So here's some ways you can do that. Support Black-owned businesses. Donate to Black nonprofit organizations. We work with an amazing partner, Making Change, which is located in Simcoe County. Making Change focuses on raising awareness and educating and exposing people to the Black community, Black culture, and issues around anti-Black racism. Since last summer, Making Change has been organizing and facilitating anti-Black racism training in workplaces and in schools. Supporting this type of work to actively change history is one of the most important things you can do. So as you think about how you can engage in Black History Month this year and beyond, remember change happens when you do something different. So start with doing your homework. Black history is history. Start to learn about Black history. There are several initiatives in Canada that are currently pushing for greater Black history content in the curriculum. You can be a part of that change. Build your anti-racism library. Use your power and privilege to support Black-owned businesses and donate to Black nonprofit organizations. They're doing incredible work and the more funding they have, the greater their reach will be. On our next episode, we'll continue the conversation with Colleen James, who will discuss what organizations can do to move beyond performative allyship and implement anti-racist and equitable practices in their organizations 365. To everyone who tuned in today, thanks so much for joining me on Just One Q. If you have any of your own burning questions, please feel free to reach out to me at hello at learningsnippets.ca or write us a review to let us know what you thought of today's episode. Until next time, I'm Dr. Melissa Horn, and this has been Just One Q. This podcast was brought to you by Learning Snippets. Using highly measurable tools and practices, Learning Snippets will help you build a high-performing, inclusive employee culture at scale. Learn more at learningsnippets.ca.